This is Martina Dockery from the Mixed Bag Music Show. I'm just dropping by to let you know about an exciting opportunity to advertise on Ross FM 94.6 and on our website, rossfm.ie. Have your ad on the air this week and remind Roscommon that you are open for business. Take advantage of our competitive rates and submit your application today at rossfm.ie forward slash advertise. So do it today. We're waiting to hear from you. Ross FM supporting local business. Ross FM 94.6 Broadcasting around the world on the World Wide Web Listen in online at rossfm.ie Text in your request to 0385 You're tuned in to The Open Door on Ross FM 94.6. Presented by myself, Margaret McHugh, every Thursday between 9 and 10 a.m. The Open Door talk show brings together all communities from near and far by giving them a platform to share their stories of life as it was, as it is. You will hear the voices of those who speak about the good, the bad, what unites or divides our nation, and what can we achieve by joining together one vision of an all-inclusive plan. My talk show here, which is on every Thursday morning between 9 and 10 a.m. Listen in live at rossfm.ie. You can also find us on the TuneIn app. Now, The Open Door is a social inclusion type show where we talk to community, community organisations and people from all over Ireland who are making a difference in their community, whether it is through music or charity organisations, sports or so on now we've got some great shows lined up throughout the week so make sure you look us up on rossfm.ie to see what we have to offer we have something for everybody i will be joined in a few moments on the line by martina Phelan from chronic pain ireland and she will talk me through the organization and the work they do after the break i will be joined by cormac cahill from the alzheimer's society of ireland and he will talk about his organisation, rather, or sorry, the Alzheimer's Society of Ireland and the great work they do. Now, text in to 0838599748 if you have any comments or requests. Just give us a buzz here at Ross FM 94.6. We'll have some ad breaks too along the way. And if you want to advertise with us here at Ross FM, please do follow us on our Facebook and Twitter and drop a message into info at rossfm.ie. Now, I will go over to um, Martina Phelan on the open door here on Ross FM 94.6. I am joined on the line by Martina Phelan from Chronic Pain Ireland. Martina, thank you for joining me on the open door on Ross FM 94.6. Uh, no problem, Margaret. Thank you very much for having us on today. Talk to me about Chronic Pain Ireland and what work does it do here in Ireland? Um, so Chronic Pain Ireland is the only national um, support organisation for people that suffer with chronic pain. And our our vision and our mission is to create greater awareness of chronic pain and to provide support and knowledge to 
uh, people who suffer from chronic pain as well as their friends and their families. When was the organisation so, set up? Um, we've been going now since 1992. It's a long time. It's a very long time. <laughs> it is indeed. Um, and we're very proud that we've we've been around for that long. Talk uh, to me about the different areas of work that the organisation does from the point of view of fundraising research and uh, supporting people with chronic pain. Okay, I suppose our biggest um, thing there would be supporting people with chronic pain. So um, pre-COVID and hopefully post-COVID as well, um, our, our largest activity would be running talks, in-person talks and workshops. So a typical talk would be an hour to an hour and a half long. Um, that gives us time for breaks for people to move around as well. Um, and it's all about teaching self-management techniques to different people. And then the workshops then are a more expanded version of that talk. You know, we go more in-depth into each of the topics. I think they'd be about three hours long, which again, gives plenty of time for breaks and for people to move around. If they need to have a private conversation with one of us, you know, they can do that as well. In terms of fundraising, um, we are primarily government funded through the SSNO grant with Pubble um, and then private donations. So we don't do a lot of we don't do any really, you know, the kind of shake the cans fundraising we, we rely on other types of fundraisers like coffee mornings, people that would run the marathon and get sponsorship. Um, one of our, our longest running campaigns has been with Nikki Bray in Yall. She does a beach walk every September. And despite COVID did it this year, she did a virtual walk. So she invited people to um, do the walk with her virtually. So she she would normally have quite a lot of people physically walking the beach with us. She was able to work around that, which was brilliant. Just um, tell me about some of the events you would have done um, previous years before COVID came about, some of the fundraising ideas that were circulating. Okay, so we had um, one lady, and I hope she forgives me now for not thinking of her name, um, Unfortunately, one of the symptoms of chronic pain is what's called brain fog, and you just forget things, or you have them on the tip of your tongue, and you just can't spit them out. Um, she did a parachute jump, a sponsored parachute jump. And then we, like I said there, the, the walk, so we get a lot of marathon runners that get sponsorship for us. Uh, coffee mornings, of course, is, is a, um, a very popular one as well. Um, obviously, this year now, we haven't done any of them, any of that kind of fundraising activity. You know, we don't encourage our membership to um, go against the government restrictions and we encourage them to protect themselves against COVID. Chronic pain so, um, is an interesting topic in the sense I think mm, you have to suffer from it to understand what it's actually like. I don't think people maybe who don't have chronic pain understand that it is no. a serious problem. They'd go, oh, we also suffer from a headache or a pain in our bones now and again, sure, what about it? Like, 
Well, that's true. Everybody, you know, will suffer from some type of pain, uh, what we would refer to as acute pain, pain that comes and goes within a three-month period. And I wouldn't say it's only people with chronic pain would understand it. That's a little bit unfair to their families. You know, they would understand quite a lot about it as well, having to to help to look after the person. I suffer from chronic pain personally, and I have done for my entire life. Mm. And... um. You know, you you have the pain and for me, there is no cause for my pain. So I also suffer from um, back problems, um, but they don't cause my pain. So that's a different issue. And I can have pain anywhere from my neck all the way down to my toes at any one time. And it's almost as if it can move around. So one day then you might I might have pain in my left leg. And I can't put weight on it. But the following day, then I might be fine. That might be in my right leg. You know, it's not consistent and the pain itself isn't consistent. So I'm sure people who who have broken their leg will say, oh, you know, it was a really sharp break and it was really painful. Well, people with chronic pain can have that, but then they can also have the dull ache that comes from a strained muscle, we'll say. And they'll have them at the same time, which is which makes it harder again, because you can't categorize it. And then we'll say on Friday, you know, most people are getting ready to go out mm. of a Friday. Now we're, we'll talk pre-COVID times. You know, obviously I'm not I'm not advocating for people to be going out on a Friday at, at the moment. But somebody with chronic pain is sitting at home going, oh, I'd love to go out with my friends. And I was one of those people years ago until I eventually accepted that it's not possible for me to go out on a Friday night anymore. You know, you suffer from a lot of fatigue with chronic pain as well because it takes a huge amount of energy just to go about your day. You might possibly be on a lot of medications just to get by. And people think, oh, you're on medication, so you should be fine. You know, why? You know, your Mm. pain is gone. Mm. But it's not because the level of painkillers that you might need to totally get rid of your pain would leave you with no quality of life. I'm not saying I'm not making a general statement. There are some people mm. who can totally get rid of manage their pain with painkillers. And that's great. But there are other people out there who can only take the edge off or take 90 percent of it off. Or you'd be lying in your bed all day, zonked out. And none of us want that. We want to be going about our lives. We want to be going to work. We want to be going out socialising. And for a lot of us, it's just not possible anymore. We have to adapt our lives so that we can have a different life. You know, if that makes sense to I you, Margaret. Yeah, no, what, what I meant earlier is, you know, I understand that families um, who have somebody within the family understand the pain. But I, mm. I find that there's a certain perception in the public. Now, I have arthritis and I'm in my 30s and I've I've had it since I was a young child and I've had multiple illnesses so like I'd suffer a lot of pain in the winter more than I would in the summer but mm, I absolutely find the same. Pe- people meet you and they go oh sure you're you young how would, sh- how would you be in pain or sure you can't be in pain and they look at you but like if you don't physically you look fine yeah and I, it's, it's, yeah. it's a sort of taboo or it's a it's a blindsided um belief I think not with everybody in society but a lot of people who don't have somebody within the family or um, a friend with with health issues or pain and uh, they kind of absolutely go, you know what's wrong with you, <laughs> you know, yeah wrong with you. I get that 
I get that a lot and I used to get that a lot. Um, I'm I'm in my early 40s. And of course, you know, I've had it all through my teenage years. And, you know, there was one excuse after another given for it by different people. Oh, the school bag is too heavy. Sure, you'll be grand. And uh, and I get a lot of that. But sure, you look fine. And, and a lot of people I know, especially women, you get the you look fine because you put a bit of effort into getting ready for that day. Mm-hmm. But you put in the effort because you want to feel good. You're not trying to hide your pain by any means, you know. And it's it's what we call the invisible illness. And that covers any condition with chronic pain that you can't see. Or any other condition that, that can't that's not visible to the eye. People seem to think if you don't have a cast or a crutch or some kind of a mobility aid that you're fine. You know, it's just, it's natural perception. You know, I'm not, I'm not um, deriding anybody for it either. Mm-mm. But it is, it's very hard to explain to somebody then that, well, I might look okay, but I actually, I'm in an awful lot of pain, you know, and, and I might go home after the shopping trip and have to go to bed for two days. Yeah, it's, look, it's it's not people's fault and it's, um, no, it's not it's, your case, it's, they're being ignorant, but I suppose if you can't see it, then you can't understand it, or if you don't have exactly. it, you can't feel it, you know. It, it's much harder to understand because it's not visible every day and, you know, it, it doesn't get a lot of coverage in the media. And that's one of the things that Chronic Pain Ireland are striving to do. And not just Chronic Pain Ireland, but European organisations as well um, across Europe. It's striving to raise awareness everywhere. Um, this is not just unique to, to Ireland by any means. That's what I was going to ask you, uh, Martina. How is Chronic Pain Ireland education society in understanding what chronic pain is and how it affects people and how the signs are there and how the signs are invisible so we do that through our through our um our series of library talks so when we advertise our our library talks um and you know god willing they'll come back on stream um in a few months, once um, this COVID passes, anybody is allowed is welcome at our at our talks. You know, whether you know somebody with chronic pain or you just like to learn a little bit more about it, you know, we welcome everybody and we welcome questions. There is no such thing as a silly question or something that you think might be um, common sense. You know, we don't think that way at all. We're happy to explain everything we have. We have a large website with a lot of information on it. Through our social media, we put a lot of information up. Um, in September, which is Pain Awareness Month, we had a lot of videos created in collaboration with health and educational professionals. They're all available on the website to explain uh, different aspects of pain. Uh, November is... Um, it's internationally known as November, so it's raising awareness of neuropathic pain, which is another type of pain. And on our social media, then we we put up every day different types of conditions. That's the word <laughs> that start with a different letter of the alphabet and explain one then um, not in too much detail, but just a general overview. And we invite our members and other members of the public, then followers. We do it on Twitter as well to share them. 
so that it gets shared to the wider public. You know, COVID restricts us very much at the moment, and we'd normally have a lot of talks going on this time of year. Um, but unfortunately, yeah, that's not the case this year. Just talk to me about people reaching out. Does Chronic Pain Ireland get a lot of phone calls, emails from people who really find themselves sort of at the end of their tether in the sense that they don't know where to reach out to to get the support needed? We do. We have a support line um, and that's uh, oh, it's open three days a week from 10 o'clock until five o'clock. And it's manned by Christina in our office and Christina is an absolute um, gem and she loves talking to, to people and she's great help to everybody. Since COVID started, we've had a 300% increase on those calls. So we'll have people calling up because, you know, we say we start with the, the start of the lockdown and all hospital services were cancelled. So we saw a massive increase there with people who had been waiting and are, like you said, there were just, you know, at the end of their tether waiting for their appointment with the pain consultant. And now they've been cancelled, you know, Um People who've just been diagnosed with pain ring up to find out what supports we can offer. And um, we would let them know then about our talks on the website, um, things like that, you know, um, or even to let some people know that there is um, there is pain clinics around the country. Some people, are, you know, haven't even heard that there might be a pain clinic there and they can get a referral from their GP to a pain clinic. So we get all kinds. We get people that then that ring up who have the diagnosis, people who are isolated now, especially who just need somebody at the end of the phone to reassure them that things are going to get back to normal, mm. you know. So it, can, it runs the gamut every day. For listeners listening in, what is the um, free phone number for people? I'm who... afraid it's, it's not a free phone oh, number. It's, free it's, phone it's number. a Dublin number. And what it's, is the number? It's 018047567. And the website address for people to log on? Is chronicpain.ie. Just in relation to fundraising, mm. um, what is the deficit or how much money is needed every year in Ireland to um, support people with chronic pain? Is there a figure or is that clear? There isn't a clear figure at the moment. Um, and one of the reasons is that because chronic pain at the moment isn't listed as a disease in its own right. Mm. And that will happen in coming years um, with the International Classification of Diseases, number 11, coming on stream. It will be. But for the moment, chronic pain is listed as a symptom of so many other diseases. And it's not just treated by pain specialists. So it's treated by rheumatologists. It's treated by, you know, whoever is treating your main condition. So there isn't an actual figure there for it. And I would I would hesitate to put a figure on it. Okay, and is there a figure for the amount of people um, that possibly are suffering from chronic pain in Ireland, even though it's not listed as a... Um, it's estimated that one in five people suffer with chronic pain. That's one in five too much? It is. It is. It is one in five, way too many. 
Um, but again, you know, there, there's no cure for chronic pain. It's it's not like any of the other diseases out there that might have a cure. And you can get those numbers down. You can simply, um, you can manage chronic pain, but there's no cure for it. You talked about the fact that depending on um, the level of pain and you know, the condition and how much somebody is suffering, it does take away a lot of people's lives. Mm. Where does positive mental attitude come into it or does that play a part, do you believe, in managing chronic pain? I absolutely believe that helps in managing. You know, there there's numerous studies out there that will show that your mood and your mindset will affect your health, you know. Um, and I'm a big advocate um, for seeking professional um, counselling, excuse me, or going um, to something like one of the AWARE life skills courses. I've done it myself um, on numerous occasions. Um, it, it certainly does help. Um, but I would never say to anybody, you know, think positive and everything would be OK. Mm. I would always say, look, this is what I have done. This is my journey. It mm. might help you. You know, I'd never say to somebody, well, I've done this. This worked. You know, yeah. you should do it. I think people that, have to define their own. Everybody skills. has to. Yes, everybody has to take their own path, their own journey. Um, and that's where, you know, teaching all the different self-management techniques comes in we're not saying this is the only route we're saying these are numerous routes that people have found that have helped them you know they might help you with this as well and one of the biggest things we found with self-management techniques is it's not the the actual talk itself that people get the most benefit from it's the socialization Mm. it's the meeting other people that have chronic pain and being able to talk to them about their experiences and sharing their experiences, you know, and in, the, in these day in these times, that's the hardest thing for people is that those those groups aren't there now for them. A few have moved online, but for people who don't have the ability to get online, they're very isolated now. They don't have those those coffee mornings to go to, you know, to meet the person they met at the talk and have a chat. That's all gone. Mm. And that's very hard for people at the moment. Now, me and you aren't doctors and we're not going to go into the whole um, medical side because this is not. Absolutely not. But, no. <laughs> um, I find, you know, uh, you talk about painkillers, like, you know, in a painkillers in themselves, you know, can have an effect on your health and I find that if if you're taking a high dose of painkillers I think people don't realize um sometimes some people don't realize that in itself can have a side effect and that's another thing to have to cope with absolutely you know you can end up being prescribed one excuse me one medication not necessarily a painkiller there's other types of medication out there as well to manage your pain and that having an effect on another part of your body so you end up on a second or a third one then to counteract the side effects of the one you've been given originally or you know the side effects are increasing your fatigue or increasing your weight and then you know you have somebody who turns around and says oh you just lose weight but you're 
you know, that's not realistic when you're on a medication that increases your weight. Mm, So you have to deal with all these other factors. And again, like you said, it's not something that people would understand easily. But I think that's what chronic pain Ireland is about. It's about educating people to understand what it's like. Because absolutely, I always have this saying, and I've said it twice here, like on tell you suffer from something you don't know like somebody could say to me I suffer from something and I if I don't have it I could say I sure it's not too bad and I I don't really understand where you're coming from and you have to sort of be in a person's shoes or be an observant of a close family member's pain to have an idea of what it's all about absolutely I think you have to have that interaction with somebody Uh, and somebody close to you even to fully understand what they're going through. And even at that, somebody might not tell their their family. Mm -hmm. I know, and that's, it's it's not good to suffer in silence. I I believe, you know, you should reach out to somebody. Often I know people go to the doctor and they don't want to tell their family, but I think, you know, maybe... um, whether it's a friend or family member, you maybe just have one confident or um, person in your life or that you can go, you know, I'm having a rough day, I'm in a lot of pain. Absolutely. I think it's very important that you have that one person to talk to. There seems to be a mindset that I don't want to be a burden. Mm. And I have to say to people, not a burden. You know, your family and your friends, from my experience, would rather help you than see you suffer. So I I do say to everybody, like you said, reach out to just one person even. It doesn't have to be everybody. Your doctor or its family or its friend, then just somebody. Before I let you go, how can people Mm. support Chronic Pain Ireland? Can they donate online? We have on our website, we have a donate button. If they'd like to financially assist us, we would love for them to do that. Um, it's it's done through PayPal, so it's quite secure. Um, and even just by sharing our posts or liking our posts on Twitter and Facebook, that also helps. It helps us to increase the awareness of the condition. What's the plans for the new year and in the coming months for Chronic Pain Ireland? What projects have you lined up? I know it's difficult with COVID, but um, what do you hope to do? So um, in the coming months, you know, we hope to... Um, get back to having our talks um, and our workshops. That's very important. Um, we're looking at the move to, to having them online. Um, unfortunately, it's not as simple as just pushing a button to, to get the talks online. So we're looking at that in depth and hopefully get there if we can't get back into, into um, a public venue, you know. Um, and for Christmas, we're going to have a virtual cafe um, before Christmas because we'd always have a Christmas meeting where people would just come in for a chat and a, and a, a mince pie and um, a, a cup of tea. Obviously, since we can't do that, we've decided just to have the virtual one. You know, it, it it's just to give people that opportunity to connect with those that they haven't maybe seen for a while, um, for us to share bit of news and a, and a bit of a laugh with everybody and it's always a good occasion so we're looking forward to that very much just give out the number again for um the office in dublin for somebody who's listening who maybe wants to reach out and get some information Absolute. what is the number it's 01 
Dublin number 8047567. And the website address again, Martina? chronicpain.ie That's perfect. Thank you for joining me on the Open Door on Ross FM 94.6 and um, I wish you the best and we will put up the website address and number on our social media and um, hopefully you'll come on again in the new year and just keep us up to date with what's going on. Absolutely. Thank you very much again, Margaret, for having us on today and we'd love to come back in the new year and give you an update. Welcome back to The Open Door on Ross FM 94.6. I am Margaret McHugh and I am with you every Thursday morning between 9 and 10 a.m. here listening live at rossfm.ie or simply download the TuneIn app. You can follow us on Facebook or Twitter at rossfm.ie. Now we've loads of great shows lined up during the week from sports to blues music to some rock music to... Um, the Rossi Way and loads more so make sure to look us up and support your local community radio station. I'd like to thank Martina Phelan from Chronic Pain Ireland for her interview today on the show and um, after the break we will have Cormac Cahill joining us from the Alzheimer's Society of Ireland. Um, as I said just text into 0838599748 and drop us a message and If you've got song requests, please do. We're going to go to an ad break now and I'll be back with you after this. This is Martina Dockery from the Mixed Bag Music Show. I'm just dropping by to let you know about an exciting opportunity to advertise on Ross FM 94.6 and on our website, rossfm.ie. Have your ad on the air this week and remind Roscommon that you are open for business. Take advantage of our competitive rates and submit your application today at rossfm.ie forward slash advertise. So do it today. We're waiting to hear from you. Ross FM supporting local business. Text in your request to 0385-99748. Ross FM 94.6. Broadcasting around the world on the World Wide Web. Listen in online at rossfm.ie. Jerry Glynn Carpentry Roscommon Bespoke interiors, kitchen and wardrobes Second fixings and flooring Telephone 086 102 Looking for quality health products and gifts For that perfect occasion Then look no further than Jorina's Health and Gift Shop Society Street, Ballinasloe, County Galway Feeling the need for renewed energy? Then here at Jorina's we have a range of vitamins and supplements to get you back on track. Wondering what gift to get for that birthday, housewarming or farewell party? Wonder no more, as we will find you the perfect product the minute you step in our shop door. Want to browse online? Then you can find us at www.jorinasgiftshop.com or call 090-646-585 or message us on Facebook at Jorina's Health Store. We're open six days a week, so why not drop into Jorina's Health and Gift Shop on your next day out? 
Heinz Pharmacy, Castle Street, Roscommon. Contact us on 09066 34147. We offer a wide range of in-store services. We also offer online loyalty points. So log on today to HeinzPharmacy.ie. That's Heinz Pharmacy, servicing the community of Roscommon. Contact us on 09066 34147. Trainers Garage Ballygar, main dealers for LDV and Isuzu commercial vehicles. We also supply used cars and vans and all makes of new cars. All of our customers get a 24-hour roadside cover from our garage. We also have a crash repair centre. And next year in 2020 we will be celebrating 60 years in business. That's Trainers Garage Ballygar. Green and Son Painting Contractors, Ballymurray, County Roscommon, provide a painting and decorating service with 40 years of quality workmanship and experience. Services include domestic, commercial, heritage and industrial. Phone 090-66-61047 or log on to www.tomcreenandson.ie. Welcome back to the open door here on Ross FM 94.6. I am Margaret McHugh and I am with you until 10 o'clock this morning. We are halfway through the show. I was just telling you about our shows we have during the week and I forgot to mention we have a new business show with Jim McCausland on. And um, if you're a local business and you wanted to talk about your journey in the business world well then drop an email into info at rossfm.ie follow us on facebook and twitter and that shows airs every Thursday between 5 and 6 p.m now i will go over to cormac cahill on the line in a moment but before that please text in to 0838599748 if you have any requests for any of our shows and you can download the tuning app from the google play store to listen to Ross FM and we are on the 94.6 frequency so for people listening in Roscommon just turn the dial to that and support your local community radio station here at the heart of your community now I am joined on the line by Cormac Cahill from the Alzheimer's Society of Ireland I am joined on the line by Cormac Cahill from the Alzheimer's Society. Cormac, thank you for joining me on the open door on Ross FM 94.6. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Talk to me about the Alzheimer's Society and the foundation of it. Why um, was it set up and, more importantly, when was it set up? Yeah, well, the Alzheimer's Society of Ireland I mean, is now the, the national leader in advocating for providing dementia-specific sports and services right across the country. I mean, our, our vision really is that, you know, people on the journey of dementia are valued and supported. So we help people, you know, to, to, you know, to, to advocate, to empower and to champion, you know, the rights of people living with dementia. Um, and, I mean, this obviously wasn't always the case. I mean, the Alzheimer's Society of Ireland was first founded in 1982 when there really were no support, there were no services, and there was very little understanding. Um, of dementia, what it was and what it wasn't. There was obviously a lot of uh, stigma um, around uh, the condition back then. And to be honest, there, there still is today. So, I mean, the, the, the Alzheimer's Society of Ireland now is 
about the figures is it clear how many people in Ireland suffer from Alzheimer's taken back by um, what you've just said in relation to that people in their 30s can get it, Cormac, and I think many people listening would be a bit surprised with that because I've never really considered somebody in their 30s having dementia. I'd maybe say somebody in their 50s, 60s, 70s. Yeah, I mean, it is staggering and it's always the one statistic I think that people do tend to pick up on, you know, um, if, and, and and we get calls into our national hotline trying to trying to help people really um, uh, through the through the diagnosis um, and so on. And I mean, while the the awareness around dementia it is improving and it is increasing, there's still a lot of stigma around um, dementia and so on. You know, uh, um, I mean, the most common form of dementia is is kind of Alzheimer's disease. So so people probably a lot of your listeners listening in today are most familiar with that, but there are lots of different types um, of dementia and it, it affects everyone in a, in, a, in a different way. We always kind of say to people, look, if, if um, you know, if you're, if, you know, if you're getting stuck for words or misplacing things regularly and um, losing track of time, perhaps these are kind of, you know, early signs and symptoms that these happen over a large period of time. Please do get in touch with our, you know, with our helpline, 1800-341-341 at the free phone helpline. We do have um, um, dementia advisors in, 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 in some parts of the country as well. We have lots of information up on alzheimer.ie as well for, for people. And um, if, again, if they're worried about their own help or worried about a family member, the best thing to do is to, is to reach out for help and support because there is help and support out there. 
it's a frightening diagnosis for anybody, regardless of what age you are. But it's also as difficult for the family to hear such a diagnosis. So what type of stories would you hear from carers in the sense how they're coming to terms with their maybe husband or wife or son or daughter having it? And what type of pressure do they face? And is there appropriate supports from the government? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting you should mention that. I mean, we've, we've just, obviously, every year we do a campaign um, around uh, the budget, I suppose, to increase the awareness of dementia, but also to ensure that that the funding there. I mean, we did just get um, the 13, uh, there was 13 million announced in the budget for uh, dementia community support uh, and services in Budget 21. So obviously, that's a you know, it's very welcome step in dealing with this kind of sharp deterioration in health um, of people with dementia and their family carers, um, especially during the times of COVID-19 and so on, which has affected so many of our face-to-face uh, uh, services. But I mean, during that campaign, we would have we would have heard from um, the carer, Denise Monaghan, uh, who's um, a family carer for her father, uh, Seamus. So she would have spoken at our event. We did a live webinar event for that and she would have said things like, you know, during the pandemic she would have thought like, um, you know, the government had kind of forgotten about people with dementia and with family carers and um, she went into great detail about how she had to cope with the um, with the with, with the pandemic as her father Seamus would have attended a, a daycare centre, for example, which is which of course you now temporarily closed because of the pandemic. So she had to try to support her father Seamus in different ways. So we've we've heard that the longer the pandemic goes on, we know that family carers are are really uh, it's really affecting them um, uh, in a big way. We've also done that research around the area as well, and we found that yes, family carers are finding it particularly tough, especially now as we we, we go into the winter months and so on. They're finding it very very tough. You know, um, again we've done research around um, the area. The last bit of research we did, we released in July, so it was called uh, Caring and Coping um, with uh, Dementia in COVID-19. And certainly a lot of the, um, the, the, the kind of what we heard from that was that a lot of carers are definitely suffering from you know, stress, uh, burnout, anxiety. Um, uh, and they are witnessing, you know, what they call an alarming deterioration in the health of people with um, dementia during this time. So it's, it's, it's certainly very, very tough uh, for family carers at, at the moment because they see no end in sight. They, they want and we want to get a, a face-to-face service open as soon as possible um, because they see how much their loved ones are really missing that face-to-face uh, connection. I think there's a lot of people maybe listening in who unfortunately have family members with Alzheimer's and they probably can resonate with what you've described I, I can't imagine really to be honest what it's like to have that pressure on your shoulders and you know to see your loved one identify with things that made them who they were or made um, them recognize you and their connection to you so it has to be very difficult on families it is it is it really really is um, like reading that report and um, when we released that in, in July, you know, it, it's, it's kind of very hard reading for people, you know. 
seeing how much um, they they are finding, uh, um, you know, dealing with the added pressure of COVID nineteen in, in their lives, and then trying to help and care and support and deliver through this as well. It has been very very tough. I mean, I know, I know one one person just described about you know very depressing, very agitating, um, and a very anxious and unhappy time as well. So I mean, I mean since. Um, Obviously, COVID nineteen, we've you know expanded our helpline, you know, so we, we we are still there to support people and help people, and that's the, the one place I would urge people if if they are feeling feeling tough, tough at the moment, they maybe haven't rang our helpline before, please do ring it. It's eighteen hundred three four one three four one, and that's the best place to to start to talk about this and start getting some help and some support. It was obviously very encouraging to have the support. Um, from the government in terms of getting 13 million uh, announced from budget day for support and services but so much more is needed that's a good start we need so much more because as I mentioned at the start of this interview this is something that's affecting every community in Ireland it's affecting you know uh, uh, you know the whole country really with 64,000 people um, currently uh, living with it so this is a huge health issue facing, uh, facing our, our country the Alzheimer's Society of Ireland is really a lifeline for both the Alzheimer's sufferer and the family. And I think often we go through our lives and we don't really think about um, the people in the organisations in the in the background who are the backbone keeping these organisations going and the power they have in helping contribute in a positive way to somebody's life by informing them or helping them through um, a diagnosis by giving information, by guiding them. And I think um, the Alzheimer's Society often, you know, maybe we don't think of such societies, but they are really like um, a treasure sort of in our Irish society for um, those families and for the Alzheimer's sufferers. So I urge people appreciate and acknowledge the Alzheimer's Society and to visit their website, uh, Cormac. And what's the website if people want to uh, look up what work you do? Yeah, the best yeah the best place to go is just to visit alzheimer.ie um, and that's the best place you can go to find out information about our support and serves. So there's lots of information up there. Even if you don't want to get in touch with us directly, there's lots of information and fact sheets up on the website there. Um, you're absolutely right. I mean, the work that you know we do across across Ireland, you know, it's really important. We do help to, you know, we we do, you know, we do our best to so like support people with dementia and their families, especially during COVID nineteen. Because like our home care or dementia advisors, our helpline, online family care train, they've all remained open uh, during COVID nineteen, and we've looked to try and implement you know new ways uh, in our kind of new virtual world to help to try and support people. So. You know, we're really still there supporting people. We, we, we really want to get our face-to-face um, supports open. Um, again, we're talking to the HC and the government about when it's safe to actually do that. But we are still here for people during this pandemic. So as one of W is the best place that people can, can go if, 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 if they think they might need a bit of advice or a bit of help or a bit of support. And in relation to the organisation itself, like how could people help the Alzheimer's Society sustain longevity because I always fear that maybe charitable organisations or um, groups such as the Alzheimer's Society would 
eventually not be part of Irish society. And I think that would be a tragedy. So how do you help keep the organisation alive and maybe help it out financially or do you take donations or how does this work? Sure, yeah. Well, well I mean, we get the lion's share of our funding from the, from the HSE, so that's, that's nearly about 60%, but the rest has to be made up from you know, things like client contributions and, and fundraising as well. So fundraising is obviously a huge part of our income, but we need to raise in around you know, over 3 million euro in fundraising every year just really to keep our services open and keep them going for people. So we, we run, let me give people a lot of information up on our uh, website um, about how, how people can kind of get involved with different ways that people can give or get involved in our fundraising events. And um, obviously our fundraising activities have been impacted hugely by um, COVID-19. I mean, even going back as far as March when this first, you know, entered our world, we, we had to, you know, make the very tough decision to cancel our annual tea day, uh, uh, which is held in May every year, which would see tea days going right across the country. It was, it was going into our 26th year and we've never had to cancel it before. Unfortunately, we, we did. We had to do a, a virtual event instead. And that's what, the way we're having to look at things now. I mean, even last Thursday, was supposed to be our annual our Farmers Memory Ribbon event, but we, we just couldn't hold that this year, uh, unfortunately. So we're having to look at new ways to try and fundraise. We had a very successful memory walk there in September where, you know, thousands of people took part in a, like a virtual memory walk. People could do their own walk. And even at the moment, we've launched a new uh, campaign called the Alzheimer's uh, Virtual Memory Tree where people can go onto memorytree.ie and they can basically, you know, share uh, a memory of a of a loved one and make um, a donation to the Alzheimer's Society of Ireland. So that's another way that we're we're, we're looking to 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 uh, fundraise. Because uh, yeah, I mean, it has been a very difficult year, a very challenging year for everyone here. Um, with with um with obviously COVID nineteen, we know it's, it's it's very tough out there for a lot of people and a lot of charities as well. But it has had a big impact. So we're trying to look at these new Um, you discussed keeping um, memories alive this Christmas and I just uh, want to let our listeners know about that and you mentioned it there but I think it's a really lovely initiative by the Alzheimer's Society and it will um, allow people to remember their loved one and um, sort of have a unique um, way to remember them this Christmas because obviously COVID will maybe change how they remember them or what they can do to remember them. So the memory tree is really a lovely initiative by the Alzheimer's Society. And um, as you said, if anybody listening in wants to keep a memory alive, they can by simply visiting memory.ie, memorytree.ie, and um, they can share a memory of a loved one and donate to the Alzheimer's Society. And we put all those details up on our Twitter and Facebook page for anybody listening in who wants to remember a loved one this year. That's, that's right. And it's worth, uh, it's worth noting as well that the, the Alzheimer's Society have actually dedicated the top uh, uh, the top star um, uh, on top of our virtual memory treats all those into our wider um, ASI family. You know, to, you know, we think of our you know, people who used our services or 
daycare centres are helpless to advocate that have probably passed away this year. And um, because we, we we have lost then a, a number of people that were going to be dedicated to stay on top of the tree to them. But it's a great opportunity for people to you know, share a memory or dedicate a message. And people can do this in different ways. You know, you might be sharing a memory of a loved one who's passed away, or perhaps a loved one you haven't seen in a while. Or a lot, a lot of people are doing actually sharing a, a memory of someone during a very happy time or a time of celebration. So really, the message is that. Everybody can take part in this, and all the details are up in memory tree. That you how people can 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 get involved, share memory, and then make a, a small donation. So we'll have this campaign going right up until Christmas. So it's a really good initiative for people to try and you know get involved in basically. Before I let you go, Cormac, what's the future like for the Alzheimer's Society of Ireland? What other plans have you in the pipeline and? How do you hope they can keep contributing to society and to making a difference? Yeah, I mean, it is a very challenging time. Obviously, COVID-19 has brought huge challenges to, to the organisation. But I, I think we've kind of rose to that challenge because, um, as, as I mentioned earlier, you know, a lot of our services, you know, thankfully we're allowed to stay open, things like our you know, home care. We kept supporting people, you know, in their home. Um, uh, during the even the early days of, of this terrible pandemic and people like dementia advisors and um, so I mean, we, we we're expanding on our dementia advisors now so um with, with, with the help of the HSE so we're we're going to you know have a dementia advisor we you know you know covering every county in Ireland uh, which what knows is the case so it, it's, it's great to have that kind of expansion to forward to next year as well um, and there's lots of lots of you know interesting fundraising plans and initiatives com- coming up as well. And it's it's really to try and keep supporting people, keep helping people through the helpline. There's lots of online family care training courses uh, coming up as well. And lots of different different um, activities and social calls and uh, online support groups and our online cafes um, uh, have really taken off and have been really popular with people actually. So we'll, we'll keep moving uh, forward, trying to help people. And we're, again, we'll be talking to the HSC and the government about you know, trying to get our face-to-face services open as soon as possible. Because we know through our research, that's what you know, um, the people we look after are really missing. Like we're all missing a face-to-face contact, but we know how much carers and people with dementia really rely on that. And uh, we'll, 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 we'll still keep to kind of doing our best for them. Before... Um we part ways. Could you just give out the number uh, for the free phone helpline again, Cormac? Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's a, 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 as you said, the free phone helpline. So it's open six days a week. Um, number to Friday, uh, 10 to 5, and Saturday, 10 to 4. It's 1800-341-341. And if you don't want to ring in, we do have a um, like a, a live chat uh, 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 function as well. The details for that are up on the website, and or you can email in just helpline at alzheimer.ie. But again, all the information alzheimer.ie, and and you'll find everything there. The opening errors and, and things like that. But it, it is there. You know, any help, support, advice that we can give you, we've we've, we've excellent staff and volunteers there for you. Cormac, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy morning to come on the show today and to um, just bring awareness, basically, and let the people of Roscommon and Furthera Field know about the good work of the Alzheimer's Society and hopefully in the future 
we will be talking to you again about new initiatives going into the new year and it would be great to have you on the show again in the near future. No. I would like to thank Cormac Cahill from the Alzheimer's Society and Martina Phelan from Chronic Pain Ireland for coming on the show today. I'll be back with you again next Thursday between 9 and 10 a.m. If you are a community organisation and want your story featured on The Open Door, please do get in contact with us. It would be great to hear from you. Now, until next week, I say Slonga Fall of Hispanic. You're tuned in to The Open Door on Ross FM 94.6. Presented by myself, Margaret McHugh, every Thursday between 9 and 10am. The Open Door talk show brings together all communities from near and far by giving them a platform to share their stories of life as it was, as it is. You will hear the voices of those who speak about the good, the bad, what unites or divides our nation and what can we achieve by joining together with one vision of an all-inclusive plan. Ross FM 94.6 Broadcasting around the world on the World Wide Web Listen in online at rossfm.ie Thank you.